Good morning, everybody. Happy Veterans Day. Today is Veterans Day 11-11. Very excited this morning. Um, we have Monica Ricky here with us. She's a personal and professional development coach, um, and uh, she's here to basically talk to us about, you know, what she does, what her background is. We want her to get to know our audience and, uh, you know, learn something from Monica. And obviously, at the end of this, don't ever hesitate to reach out if you're liking, uh, you know, what Monica has to say. We appreciate you being here. I'm here with Mr. David Melman. David Melman, as usual. Uh, thanks for coming on, Monica. Really appreciate you being you. here. It's fun to be here. And sure. uh, this is one of my favorite things to do is conversation. So let's do it. That's let's right. Talk it out. Talk, oh, it, yeah. up. talk it up. So um, I want to know, you know, you, you yourself, kind of origin story, you know, fill us in with, you know, where you, what your background is in, uh, how you either got to where you're at today, just you know, who you are for the, for the audience to have a little context, um, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Well, it's 2020 and it's funny when you think about your career and how long you've done something, sometimes the, the, the time is astounding. Sure. Right. Doesn't sure. it feel like 19, you know, 96 was yesterday. Uh -huh. Sure. Sure does. Well, I, in 1996 moved to Atlanta from Philadelphia. Cool. And so I am, uh, not only a Yankee, but you know what they say about Yankees. Uh -huh. yep, sure, right. sure. Uh -huh. The different kinds there have. Uh -huh. There's the Yankee and then there's the damn Yankee. Yeah, right. that, <laughs> Those right. are the ones uh -huh. that come down and stay because I love the South. Uh -huh. Well, in 1998, I started this business uh, organizing people's homes and offices. Cool. And talking to them about productivity mm -hmm. and time management and streamlining and all these kind of things that roll up into this ball around being effective and productive and just living smarter, living and working smarter. And that wasn't really an industry so much then as right. it is now. It sure. was in its infancy then. Mm. And it just kind of grew organically. And I, I, re I swear to you, I had no plan. Sure. <laughs> Zero plan at all. Right. I just thought, I'm going to roll with this and see what happens. So what happened mm -hmm. is I began to get people that would ask me to speak. And I thought... I can do that. Mm -hmm. I love people. I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. So I started speaking about five years, eh, maybe even less than five years into my business. Okay. And that became like my favorite thing to do. Right. Cool. And then people started saying, well, you're good at speaking. Maybe she could come on and do TV. And so I, I started doing some TV appearances and then companies would say, hey, do you want to talk about our product on TV? And then, so I did some of that. And sure. then I got asked to write a book and it was just all... It just all kind of flowed and unfolded. And mm -hmm. at the same time, I was still taking all my clients and sure. working residentially and business. And all of a sudden, 20 years flew by. Right. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yeah. I, know. I mean, <laughs> it, it's crazy. You look up and you're like, what? I'm, yeah. you know, however totally. old. And so a few years ago, I started feeling really sad about my business. Mm -hmm. And I started doing this really crazy thing where when the phone would ring, I would just pray it wasn't a new client. Hmm. And I thought, that's not good. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So that was a clue for me to start looking at mm -hmm. what's going on with me. Like, wow, what, what's happening? Right. And what I realized at that time was that I was depleted is the best word I can come up with. Sure. I was depleted by constantly having to have all the answers for my clients. And by constantly having to try to keep up with technology. Right. I sure. mean, you all know. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Right. Everything, sure. every software you, you have updates itself 
several times yeah. a year. Sure. They get you get a brand new interface to right. learn mm-hmm. and you, new functions and functions taken away. And I just felt so exhausted by that. I thought, what do I love about my business? And what do I not love? And what can I take with me moving forward? And what can I leave behind? Mm-hmm. Right. So what I found out over much soul searching was that I loved the facilitation of positive change. Mm-hmm. That was kind of this common thread that ran through my business. Like, what do I really do for people? It's not about the organizing. It's not about the, the tactics and the strategies. It's about creating a new way of thinking so they can live in a different way, whether it's at home or at work. And I thought, okay, now I'm getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think what I really like about this business is the coaching them through the transition. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started coaching. Got it. Hmm. And all of a sudden, this magical thing happened. I became interested in my business again. Hmm. I became excited again. Sure. And when I get off of, I do all my coaching on Zoom, Mm -hmm. which started before this whole thing started. And because it allows me to have clients anywhere in the country. Right. And what I notice now is that when I get off of a Zoom call with a client, I feel like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I feel like, ah, oh, that was awesome. Very nice. You know, like, yeah. oh, I'm so excited. The passion yeah. is there. Uh-huh. It's so great because yeah. because that was the part that really lit me up about my old business. Mm-hmm. But I just had to leave some of it behind. And I think that's just natural. Just natural sure. evolution of business. Sure. Um, and, and what's so gratifying about it is, is I'm so in love with people. Mm-hmm. And it makes me... It gives me a benefit to be able to facilitate something positive for someone else. It's like we're we're a team. It's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. It is a great feeling. You know, David can you know touch on this because we talk about it. You know, more related to Melman Law Group and him as a business owner with Marina. Um, you know, wanting to rise everybody up in the office. It's not him coming in and self serving. And you know, there's a team. You know, he tries to lead with uh, everybody he wants some sort of positive change where, you know, you're, there's no cap here. You're not kind of stuck in a dead end. You have to, you know, control your own destiny a little bit with the hard work and, and, uh, you know, all of that stuff, nothing is just given, but it's more about rising people up. And, you know, like you're saying, facilitating a positive change in their life. He gets, you know, more of a rise out of the team doing well. I do. I enjoy that a lot. Um, but is it only for the right people? Does everybody have the opportunity to really rise up? I think most do, but then it's the environment they're in also that could be dragging them down. So you can have great conversations with them, but if they just don't want to change, you know, um, it, it can be difficult at times, you know, because not everybody's on the same level mentally. Everyone's a little bit different here and there. Uh, but when you're managing a team, you know, you try to rise them up, you incentivize them, but you also, you can't answer every question mm-hmm. and that could burn you out as, you know, as, as was what you said. Um, so that's more, that could be an, an internal thing because you've, might have done it that way for so long, then you have to adjust eventually and go be free, answer some questions, make some mistakes, maybe too. Not crucial mistakes, hopefully, but little mistakes, right? You learn from the mistakes. But if you keep giving everybody the answer all the time, you you can't do everything. You know, oh my as gosh. you know, you can't do it. You're so right. And I think that's what, I think that's a really classic leadership challenge. Right. Is that there's that line, and I, I it's, it's calling up a memory of a, of a client I work with who is an executive director of a nonprofit. Sure. And we really had to work to get her 
out of that mindset of I'm here to answer all the questions and solve all their problems and get her into the, I'm here to help them figure out the answers Mm -hmm, because it's a subtle difference. It is. So giving people the answers is faster, but it doesn't help them grow and it doesn't help them learn. And it also doesn't help you stay on task as a leader, which is to not be down in the weeds, but to be looking out over the horizon Correct. And, cha- and charting your course. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Um, you know, you, you can get all the answers to them, but at some point they have to think for themselves. Um, and I think internally that could be even a control issue too, at a level of control. And I'll, I'll be more than happy to admit that, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you do it, it's going to be right. But if you give off that task, you're, you have the fear of it being wrong. Mm-hmm. And you got to release that fear at some point and let them be wrong a couple times. And they'll eventually be right. And if they're not going to be right eventually, you got the wrong people, I think. You know what else I love about it, David, is is that that mindset and that attitude of fostering the growth in other people so that they can walk, run, fly, soar, Mm -hmm. it reminds me of when we have children. Mm -hmm. We don't carry them their whole lives. We don't. We can't. It it puts them at a disadvantage, right? We have to let them kind of crawl and then walk, and then inevitably what happens? They're walking to you, come to mama, Mm -hmm. and they boom, they they fall. That's right. And they get right back up. And they keep walking and they learn. So what you create in that culture of letting people fall a little bit and skin their knee and getting it back up is you create a culture of where it's safe to try things, where it's safe to be creative, where it's safe to make a mistake, as opposed to those awful cultures, which I think probably all of us have worked in, where you walk on eggshells and you hold yourself in and you don't express yourself. You just kind of, because it's not safe. Correct. And ultimately, what that does for your organization is it creates a wonderful, beautiful culture that attracts people to it, sure. good people to mm-hmm. it. Good people, and your clients see that too. Mm-hmm. The clients see that. You know, I go to a restaurant sometimes, and I'll eat there. It's a buffet. It's an Indian buffet. I won't say the name. And I see how the owner treats the employees, mm-hmm. and I'm sickened to even see it. Mm-hmm. And it's so open, and I visualize. I'm, I'm very uh, – I like to see what my surroundings are. And I'm like, come on. You know, your employees can't – do great things if they work on fear only. Um, they have to know that there's, you know, repercussions for big mistakes, sure. But majority, I, we, we work on, I believe, love, care. And then the fear is an internal fear because you don't want to disappoint yourself, I hope. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, if you work on fear to only disappoint your employer or boss, you're going to walk on eggshells. And eventually, you can't work like that. Mentally, you're going to collapse, I think, over time. You won't grow within the company. And it just doesn't work. But, you know, a lot of businesses are run that way. Do you agree? Absolutely, you know, I agree. In fact, my corporate clients, some of my corporate clients, I'm, again, this conversation brings up memories of client work. Sure. And one of the conversations in a, in a corporate client setting, in a coaching setting, when I'm working with an executive, for example, who, have his, who has a team, sure. there's a balance. You've got to have a balance because I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where there, there is so much love and grace and softness that – there's no accountability mm-hmm. right. either, right? And then there's the other way, like you were saying, where there's just like the fist and the iron rod and all mm-hmm. the stuff, and it's like fear. Mm-hmm. And neither of those is healthy, and neither of those fosters growth for the team. Mm-hmm. There's right. that area in the middle where you get to be like the f- what I call the good dad sure. or the good mom, mm-hmm. which is you have structure, you have accountability, you have guidelines and rules in place, but you still have grace, and you still see people as people first. Sure. And that, that is really a beautiful place to be. But 
sometimes people have a hard time because they feel like if they put structure in place and they put accountability in place that they're kind of, they're not being kind enough. They're not being accommodating enough. Sure. But just like children need structure and anyone who knows who has had a three-year-old mm-hmm. knows children need boundaries and they always will test the boundaries if they don't know where they, they are. Sure Employees and team members are the same way. Mm-hmm. Very when true. you have clear boundaries and expectations, people don't have to test them all the time. Mm-hmm. They pretty much know where they are. They stay in them. And when you make it safe to have conversations, make mistakes, people just really blossom. Sure. Let me ask you a great question on that. You know, business open for five or 10 years, you know, it's been a certain way, not running on fear, not running only on love, somewhat of a balance. But how do you, how would you recommend tweaking it? Because it's great knowing this going into it brand new mm-hmm. and then creating it, right? Right. But the majority of the people that are listening and the business owners that we know, they're already in business. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do you tweak it? It takes time, but you know, how would you tweak it in a way where, you know, you go to work on Monday, but then the next Monday it's going to be, the culture is going to be different. Yeah. Like where do you start yeah. with that? You know? Yeah. That's oh, what a great question. Yeah. Good, good conversation. So my, my initial gut feeling is to say, number one, just like any relationship, communication is so important, mm-hmm. right? You don't spring p- things on people that are massive changes. You sure. have a conversation about it. And I would also ask people, before you t- take a tack to change your culture, start gathering information. Absolutely. Talk to your people. Talk to your leaders. Talk to your frontline folks. Talk to people and find out what is their experience of your culture first. Mm-hmm. What do they see and experience? Mm-hmm. Then if you say, okay, well, based on what we see and experience, these are the changes we'd like to make. How do you guys feel about that? Co-creating mm-hmm. a culture is a wonderful way to do it as opposed to leadership deciding behind closed doors and then rolling it out. Surprise. That's a great idea. Right? Yeah, so absolutely. that's the first thing that I would think about mm-hmm. is be, to be to, a- to ask that. And then look at what are the steps involved. Like, is it a giant change? Mm-hmm. And if so, take each step one at a time. You know, the <laughs> the the old thing about you don't want to try to quit smoking, lose weight, and, you know, Learn a new language all at the same time. Sure, absolutely. So you don't overwhelm people with so much sure. change. Mm-hmm. You want to set them up for success. So we get, first change we're going to make is this. Here's how we'd like to implement it. What is your feedback on that? How do you think we can implement it better? People have smart resources in their head that so often don't get used mm-hmm. because the leadership feels like they know everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's, it's wonderful sad. to yeah. allow people to contribute in that way. Sure. And that's, a, I, I love the answer. It's an amazing answer because baby steps, right? Baby steps, but get also get the feedback of the team. Yeah. Every team is different. You know, every yeah. team member reacts a certain way um, and get the feedback and adjust slowly based on, you know, their needs. And also as the leader, don't fully let it, I guess, can take the feedback, but you also have to have some feedback yourself to set the boundary at some sure. point, right? Yes. And you, then you, you get put to it decide, together, right? Right. You ultimately, leadership gets to decide. Sure. But deciding in a vacuum without having the input of experience of your team doesn't always necessarily put you making the best decision for your company or your team. Sure, 100%. Right? Do you prefer corporate more or personal? What, what is your preference when it comes to uh, coaching? If you're going to make me choose, I would say personal. Sure. And why? Uh, the needle moves faster. Okay. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. Of you course. know, when I have sure. a 45-minute or an hour conversation with one person, mm-hmm. And they have insights that just come, you know, 
flowing out. Mm -hmm. And they, I know by the next session we talk, they will have implemented something new. That's super fast. Yeah, sure. Business doesn't usually move that fast. Right. Makes sense. And also when you have a number of people in the conversation, everything kind of slows down. Yeah, and you also have a lot of personalities yeah, to deal true. with. That's true. You do. 100%. And that can get hairy and tangly. You and me, one-on-one, just... It's an amazing know. thing because, yeah. you know, um, you have your spouse, you have your friends, but most people don't have a go-to to really discuss coaching, strategy, um, even a fellow business owner, but they're not seeing the overall picture. They might give you the opinion of only what they think, right? But when you have a professional that sees the overall picture in different scenarios like you, mm -hmm. you can give them the insight of different angles versus somebody giving you just their opinion because mm -hmm. you can discuss business owner to business owner strategies but if they're already doing it a certain way, it's not a neutral party, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does you make know? sense. And also, someone who comes from, let's just say, a law background, mm -hmm. like you, and you're going to sit down with uh, somebody else who is in a completely different business. Sure. How long have you been in business? So we've been in business for five years. Okay. And so you're going to bring that five years of this experience to that conversation and whatever experience you have before that right. as well, right? Someone like me who's worked for 20 years with people in, I don't even know how many businesses, mm -hmm in how many situations, I have sort of a big, broad view of, I remember this guy that I worked with years ago, and he owned a sign company, and this was his experience, and what we did there was this. So it's kind of, you're pulling from such a wide, diverse mm -hmm. range of experiences and client stories. Mm -hmm. Sure. You, can, you have that kind of breadth, but you're right, there's also an objectivity I have no vested interest mm -hmm. one way or the other. I'm here to help you sound off things, bounce off things. I'll hold up a mirror and go, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. do you, what I heard you say was this and that. Have you considered this? Or what makes you think that? Mm -hmm. Challenging beliefs, stuff like that. And it's amazing because like you said, it's a clear slate. You have no biased opinion yeah. on it. You know, you want to, and, and that's where it's, it's huge to have somebody like you in these situations where um, you can have friends that are business owners, but sometimes they're not the right person to go to. We're in a different field. You know, they have different margins to hit. It's different scenarios, different personalities. Um, you can't ask a restaurant owner how to run a law firm or vice versa at times. You know, yeah. it, it, it might not work, right? So to bring somebody in that has a clear slate, no, like, alternative motive or any biasm, it's, it's, it's great, you know? So you just made me think of something. I think there is a place for business owner to business owner in terms of really strategic, tactical conversations, mm -hmm. right? Things like, how do you handle uh, this situation with an employee? Mm -hmm. Very, very granular. But then the conversation with a coach is more like, who are you being in your role? Right. 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 Like right. that's tactics is very different than how we show up in our roles mm -hmm. in work and in life. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a really great marriage, mm -hmm. really. So like if you belong to a mastermind mm -hmm. with other business owners, that's awesome for a lot of that operational, tactical. Sure. And you can draw lessons from other people's industries, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Whereas the coach comes in and says, okay, well, let's talk about you, who you're being, how you're showing up. What are your employees or your team members' experiences of you? How are you thinking to forward your business? It's a bigger picture. It is. And the cool part about personal and professional development is that you bring yourself everywhere. Right. Right? Sure. sure. So if I'm talking to somebody about their health, for example, because I people have been coming to me for health coaching, sure. the better you are in your personal life mm -hmm. and in your health, mm -hmm. the better you are in your professional life. I liked your... Uh, 
your hashtag that you continue to use on Instagram. If I remember, so looking at it um, today, that muscle builds the mind. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Which I think is so cool because it's just a big topic that uh, a lot of people leave out because they're just so focused on working and working and working. And I know Gary Vee was out of shape for a long time. And he said, I'm just like deciding that this one hour meeting of my workout is just something I have to do. Let's just call it a part of the job, you know, and that's huge because if you're eating properly, you're more, you know, alert, focused, not sleeping, not lethargic, which is only going to help you. It's like putting crappy gas in a, you know, 89 fuel in a, you know, in a, in a McLaren that needs 93. It's just not going to run the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mental health. I mean, how important is mental health to you when talking to your clients? Sure. Oh my gosh. It's huge because Mm -hmm. a really big part of us as human beings getting better. Mm -hmm. and, And I like to use the term getting better because it's very broad and it's subjective. So what, what getting better to me is maybe different than what it is to you. Sure. So mm-hmm. whatever it is to you for getting better, so much of it is about our awareness and our stability in our own mind, our ability to self-regulate, mm-hmm. our ability to, to, to manage our own emotions and our own behaviors in the face of challenges and stressors and evaluate our environments. And that's all in your head. This is the final frontier mm-hmm. <laughs> up yeah. here, right? When we can right. master our own mindset, we're much more equipped to master our environment, to master our relationships, our businesses, growth, all that kind of stuff. And muscle builds the mind. Mm-hmm. I came up with that hashtag, I don't know, even maybe it was a year ago, because what I found in my personal journey of physical transformation, mm-hmm. which has taken about a year and a half, is that as I pushed myself physically, I noticed myself changing mentally. Mm -hmm. I became much more resilient mentally. I became much more able to handle stressors. I became much more goal-focused. I mean, it was incredible because we're holistic beings. Mm -hmm. Our mind is not separate from our body. And when we make our body better, our mind gets better. Mm -hmm. Agree. I know. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly only because when you're in the gym or whether it's a workout, like that's the goal for the day. Did you complete it? Did you not complete it? Getting up, going there, you start to realize, hey, I can, you know, I got through this workout. It was so tough, but I got through it. So if I got through that, the rest of my day is easy type of thing. I'm laughing because yesterday was an epic battle in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I have those because I work out in the morning. Sure. Some days it's like World War II in there. I've got the Axis and the Allies and they're fighting it out. And most of the time I prevail and I get Mm -hmm. my workout done. Sure. And, And that in itself... I, I just, I posted on on Twitter the other day, the best leg day is the one you didn't want to do. Yeah, of right. course. Because right. you not only get the benefit of the actual movement, you get the benefit of having overcome your own inertia and your own stupid. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> totally. I agree. Why is it in school, middle school, elementary school, high school, this physical is a must, right? The physical, you know, but there's never the mind. Yeah. Like, you know, the kids have to have a physical to go back to school. And I get that, right? Look at your, you know, quick physical, cough, whatever. What about the mind? You know, I don't get it. It should be you know, the, the, the parents. It should be happening at home, right? right? Yeah, it should That's be. True. But mental health is so important, and we're so focused on obesity sometimes. 
we forget about the mind. And if you can nurture obesity and make it better, for example, the mind will clear up too. And sadly, physical oh. education is like the first budget to get cut when yeah. it comes to schooling. Yeah. Like, and then it's just, I don't know. it's a disaster. I'm big on the mind, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for sure. I mean, you know. anyone who's, who loves intelligent and, and, you know, rousing conversation is clearly big on the mind. And mm-hmm. it's exciting whether you're talking to people you agree with or you don't agree with. Right. Absolutely. Conversation mm-hmm. is the absolute key to getting anything moved forward. Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. I, if I sit here and I silence you because I don't like what you say or you don't agree with me, right. we're stuck. We mm-hmm. go nowhere. Both yeah. of us go nowhere. And that's so big because even, you know, text messaging or email, we have clients and sometimes it's the phone call and the communication verbally that takes it to another level versus just a text message in an email. Yeah. And I remind my team sometimes, some situations are meant for emails and texts and some are get on the phone. We can't forget about the power of a phone call and a voice. You know, uh, it goes a long way because sometimes you can't get the whole message across mm-hmm. over an email or that. Get on the phone, speak. Yeah, and, it's more you know, three-dimensional. You know, it's like the know. text and email is, uh, you know, 2D, you know, no no attitude or tone or... Uh, yeah, imagine you doing a session emailing back and forth, oh, right? Oh, you, you can't. You can't. You like, can't. you know, see them, feel them, yeah, you know? That would be that would be interesting yeah. to try to do, but you would it would be weird, it, you know? You want to, you're, you're, uh, yeah, you want to feel that energy. You know, right. you can really feel it right. in a text message. And your tone is so important. Mm-hmm. Words Absolutely. are just words, black and white, right? right? Pixels. Mm-hmm. But there's a big difference between, hey, what did you do last night? And what did you do last night? Big yeah. time. But you don't know how someone's going to read that. You don't. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You might send it in the, hey, what did you do last night? And mm-hmm. they might receive it in a completely 100%. different way through whatever lens or filter they live through, or they might just be in that in that moment. Correct. Gosh knows I've spent, I've shot off text messages when I've just, I'm just hurried. I'm just hurried. Sure. And it comes off on the other end so insensitive. Right, right. And I didn't mean it that way. I was just, I had literally 30 seconds and I was just responding. Sure. And meanwhile, my friend now has hurt feelings. Yeah, and I'm sure. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure. And then you have to explain. And then you and spend then you more time explain, explaining. And then I have to apologize. Sure. And then I, you know, and I'm down with apologize. Like, I'll, I'll own it. Yep. I was insensitive. I did not think how that would impact you. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah. Growth. It's all about just growth and opening yourself up to looking inside and seeing what's in there. And sometimes what we see in there is, I mean, this, <laughs> this I had this conversation with a, cl- a coaching client this week on Zoom. I said, sometimes when we open up, ourselves and we look inside it's like cutting into it what we think is going to be a cherry pie and we open it up and there's worms and we mm-hmm. go oh i yeah. didn't want to see that right but sometimes we have worms yeah. in there That's we gotta right. look at them 100 even with coaching everyone is different you know you might take longer to coach somebody else than some than another person sure uh, based on you know peeling the you know peeling and seeing what's going on because uh, no one's perfect but you know and people are i think scared to sometimes peel too much because then Nobody wants to um, think that they're wrong or they're doing mm-hmm. something wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people that really want to fix it are, you know, I, I love the mentality of wanting to fix it, but nobody likes to see all their flaws in front of them. But how do you improve if you don't see your flaws? Right. And, and you know, that's a great question. How do you improve if you don't see your flaws? Because we call those what blind spots, right? right? Li- we literally don't see them, so we can't improve on them. We can't right. address them. So this conversation I had with my client the other day, you reminded me of because I said to her, what I am so struck by is how aware you are. Right. How aware you are of your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own behaviors. A lot of people are not there yet. Right. So to your point, my work with her is moving 
quickly. Right. Because she has that baseline. Right. She's there. Whereas I have other clients who aren't as aware yet. Sure. It's my job to help them get there. Correct. Right? Correct. And as they get there, then they'll move along quickly. But you're right. Everyone is in their own in their own place. And mm-hmm. we have so much just stuff in there to pick through. It's true. How good of a feeling is it for you from entering that coaching relationship to seeing it blossom, I want to say, right? And your work product throughout and then seeing the finished product. How does that make you feel? It makes me you feel... Know? really useful yeah and i think as human beings mm-hmm. we are hardwired to feel useful sure. right? we really are we need to contribute this is why i think it's important for people to work sure no matter what they're doing work is so valuable labor work intellectual work technical work educate whatever it is we have to work as human beings it's just part of how we're put together and for me to be able to watch a person blossom is just so beautiful and gratifying. I couldn't imagine, you know, in a couple of scenarios, but nothing like you. Um, it's the best feeling. You feel great giving. Yeah. At least I feel great when I give more than when I get. Mm-hmm. You know, some people feel better to get, but that's just them, you know. Um, but most people, I think, really feel better when they give. And what better thing to give is, you know, than to show somebody and make them better. And then not only that, what you're creating will only branch off to the people that interact with them. Mm-hmm. You're not only helping one person, you're helping their team. And then that team is helping their family. One Helping one person that's yeah. in your structure can help 100 or 1,000 people somehow indirectly. It's a wonderful you know? ripple is really what it is. And, and you know, what you made me think of when you were talking about that is part of the reason I think it's so gratifying to help people in this way is because you you don't give them anything. You just help them uncover what they already have right. inside of them that they haven't really developed or let out right. or expressed or been comfortable acknowledging. Sure. I have a client who is so wonderful, and she has a PhD, and she is just now beginning to own her accomplishment. Right. That's a big accomplishment Mm -hmm. to go through all that schooling and to love something so much that you're going to put yourself through that. And she's just now beginning to sort of what I call step into her greatness. And that's really lovely to see Mm -hmm. because we don't have that many years here. Sure. We got to step into them early if we can, right? Mm -hmm. And embrace all the gifts and all the light and all the fabulous because we're so focused on our, what we aren't good at. Mm Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we're, we're kind of socialized and told that it's not good to focus on what you're great at and kind of be proud of yourself, mm-hmm. but it really is great. Mm-hmm. Sure. It really is because you then can impact the people around you, which is by expressing your gifts, and then you create those ripples. 100%. Love it. And where was she before? You're, you know, she's starting to recognize, but where was she before? She was in academia before. Right. And she she working with me because she wants to transition from being in academia to creating her own consulting business. Got it. So I was working with her, and I noticed that there were a lot of areas where she just seemed not, not confident. Sure. And we, we got dug into those a little bit. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she discovered was that one of the voices in her head was, don't be too big for your britches. Hmm. And that was an old sort of family thing that was in there mm-hmm. um, because we're not this kind of family. We're a blue-collar family. We're sure. not. And, and that was making her hold herself back. Mm-hmm. And in the private sector, you can't hold yourself back. Right. You have to push out your message. You have to push out. What is your expertise? How can you help people? Sure. And so she was really kind of in that crossroads. And once I got her to begin embracing, like, you 
you have some expertise here. This is valuable. It's great. And let go of that old voice. She's really sort of stepping into that now. And now she's, when I check in with her, I have two new clients this week. Right, right. Awesome. That's, that's cool. That's inside work that manifests on the outside. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. In the ripple effect that's created from it. Yeah. You know, amazing. What about, um, you know, your physical transformation, if you don't mind sharing kind of what, you know, kind of switch went off there as far as, you know, maybe you've always been mindful, but, you know, I know you had some sort of transformation, you yourself, which I think is super cool because once you do that, you really feel like you can do anything because something we all struggle with is, uh, you know, the food environment uh-huh. of cooking, fast food, just what's available to us is di- very different from years ago, which was natural, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just interested because I know a lot of people, they're probably thinking, ah, I would love, I, I, you know, my, my boxes are checked with uh, doing well in business and this, that, and the other, but I can't seem to get a hold of this, you know, uh, lifestyle thing. Too much drinking, uh-huh. too much stress, too much crappy food, you know, that it type of thing. It all adds up. For sure. It all adds up. For sure. Um, it's been a an interesting and epic journey yeah, for the I'm last year and a half. Sure. And um, it started very kind of just like any other new year mm-hmm. would start. Cool. With, uh, I don't feel good in my skin. Right. Um, getting older, it's not easy for me to drop, you know. That's right. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm creeping up and I need to do something about it. Sure. And so I just started a 12-day, 12 12-minute 12 fitness challenge that I saw on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was the And start. on day 13, I was so proud of myself for mm-hmm. sticking with something for 12 days. Right. That I just kept going. And the more I kept going, the more I felt good about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And what I call in my business, and I've used this term for years and I love it, it's I, I said I put myself on an upward power spiral mm-hmm. as opposed to a downward spiral. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Because positive action begets positive results. Positive results then inspire you to take more positive action. Mm-hmm. So it's this really lovely sure. thing, right? I love mm-hmm. it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And so I got on that spiral, and I started seeing results. And I was like, whoa, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Let's do more of this. Sure. Yeah. And at some point, it became a priority. Right. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, like you have, and like you have, and like I have, and like everybody watching and listening, we work out, air quotes, mm-hmm. in fits and starts. We'll do it for three months. We'll do it for six months, maybe even a year. Right. Then we slide back. Mm-hmm. Or we eat in a different way. We diet or we eat healthy. And then we slide back to our old habits. And at some point, it's because we haven't made it a priority mm-hmm. and we haven't gotten the support we need. And so those two things have been instrumental in this incredible transformation. Sure. Um, I didn't even know I had 30 pounds to lose. I mean, I'm 5'1". Congratulations. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's great. awesome. Thank amazing. you. It's amazing. Um, it's, and, and it's funny because it's not, it's not just the losing of the weight. It's right. the building of the muscle. Right. Which is a whole different thing. Sure. It's a very different thing. That's right. Um, and that's where the whole thing about muscle builds the mind comes from. Because losing weight is, losing weight is actually not hard. Building the muscle is where it really gets hard. That's right. But the interesting thing is, the hard work of building the muscle facilitates the losing of the weight. Right. So it's and how it goes together. Yes. 100%. Yes. You can lose weight without building muscle. Right. But it's always better to put in the hard work of building muscle because it's a longer term result. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you say, you know, building the muscle is harder because 
not only is it the exercise, but it's also then the diet. Obviously, you yes. can't just exercise your way into you more cannot. muscle. You know, that's part one. Part two is then the refuel to build it. Yeah. So yeah, you could just go to the gym and work out and lose the weight. Awesome. But now you still don't have that muscle mass that you should. You just have less weight, but the same amount of body fat, perhaps, or maybe a little less body fat, but not as much muscle mass as you want or you should have for your height, or gender, you could weight, have. or you could you have, could have exactly, right. exactly. So, so, you know, there's a thing in the fitness community about you can't outwork a bad diet. Right. And that's really yeah, true. I and, agree. you know, uh, and, and the whole thing about abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah. Also true. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you c- we all have abs. Right. Right. <laughs> that's right. They're Some, all in somewhere, there. No, somewhere. 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 <laughs> the difference between <laughs> visible abs and not visible abs has nothing to do with training. It's right. all about the food. Right. So you, sure. you've got to kind of look at both sides of that coin mm-hmm. right. and say, what am I willing to do? And not everyone is willing to do everything. And that's perfectly fine. Right. It's that lining up of what am I willing to do versus what I want? Mm-hmm. What, do, what, what does it take? Mm-hmm. And am I willing? And the baby steps that go along with it, not the, like you said, a million things. Like even if it's just a little more water today, one yeah. better meal today, yeah. one less bad thing today, yeah. that's a start. Absolutely. Start somewhere. You know? Start somewhere. Start somewhere. That's people's it? checklist. I'm sorry. Yeah, and there's 50 things on there. Yeah. What are you doing? You're going to, oh. Yeah, it's too much. Three or four at a time. Knock them out, right? Visualize. People are visualizing. You see 50 things in front of you, you're going to freak out. Yeah. Little things. Knock them out as you go. Uh-huh. But if you see 50 in front of you, you probably won't even do one. But if you see three or four, you can reload the four after you're done. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. People are visual, and it scares them when they see so much. They get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Then they back off. Most people are not going to, you know, most people are not just going to go full force in everything they do. They need to be coached. Um, their environment helps them you know, in a certain way, or it can not even help them. It can actually hurt them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of variables that come into it outside of just wanting to do it. Yeah. You have to do it. You have to be put in the position, I think, mentally to do it. And some people need the boost to see what they're capable of doing um, or the environment. And I feel bad for some of the ones that are just, they can't get out. Mm-hmm. And there are, that, that, that exists too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I just, I don't keep rambling about this, but it's just a beautiful thing, you know. It is, you know, development as a human being, I think that's our job. Mm -hmm. I really think that's our job as human beings is to just always be looking inward and saying, how can I be better for the outside Mm -hmm. as well as for myself? You know, like that congruency, that balance. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my clients came to me and she said, okay, I need you to tell me, tell me what you eat. And I was like, listen, I don't want you to even think about what I eat Mm -hmm. because this is the way I eat now is not the way I started. Mm-hmm. You can't go from zero to 100 in the way I eat. Mm-hmm. I want you to go from zero to 20. Mm-hmm. I want you to first look at, let's reduce the amount of carbs you're eating. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the way I eat later. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't always see the top of the staircase from the bottom. No. Because there might be a turn up there. Right. Let's just look at the steps you can see. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey had a great speech. I don't know if you've seen it, but who was his role model? And his role model was him before. Uh-huh. It wasn't anybody else. Yeah. Because That's you, interesting. You're comparing apples to oranges, but your role model should be better be the, be better than you were before because that's the true comparison you can have. You can only compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. Right. You don't know everyone else's variables or any, anything in their life. So if you can keep being a better version of you, you're going to do great things. But you have to keep progressing and doing better. Mm-hmm. When you look back, were you better than you were a year ago? If you keep doing better, you're going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've heard this thing, and I'm sure you all have heard it too about social media, is, you know, social media, it can do a lot of things, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And one of the bad things that that happens with social media is that we compare our worst day with someone else's best day, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, it goes back to that balance. 
there's the danger in comparing yourself with others, but then there's also that point to which someone else can motivate you. Someone mm-hmm. else's success can motivate you. How do we get to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How do I look at what you're doing on social media or like with your fitness and how do I put myself in that mindset of I'm going to let Zach or I'm going to let David or I'm going to let whoever it is motivate me to be better and not make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big mind, that's mindset shift. Yeah, It's an amazing mm-hmm. thing you brought up there because mm-hmm. it exists every single day. People are scrolling and scrolling. You know, and a lot of times nobody posts the bad on Instagram. I do. Every, you know, you do, but everyone's <laughs> do. life isn't perfect, right? And for you to actually think that that person is always doing that well or they're driving the three different cars every three months – you know, that's an internal gut check too. Yeah. Slow down a second. You know, everything is not perfect for everybody. Right. You know, and all the money in the world cannot buy happiness either. It can buy some peace of mind and things like that. Sure. But don't think all these cars and flashy houses mean the person's super happy inside because they're posting them. I just learned so, that people yeah. actually rent cars and oh, like yeah. yes. post fake. Th- oh, yeah. I am so naive, you guys. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. I had no idea that that stuff went on in social yeah. media. Yeah. You go somewhere for one day to take a picture on this beautiful beach and then like you leave the same day. Like uh-huh. you're not staying in this resort for two weeks. I Correct. am you know? flabbergasted by that. <laughs> and it's just because I, I just, I think I'm just naive. I have my own yeah. hashtag. Most, most naive adult ever. <laughs> but I will post on Twitter is my main, sure. my, I'm building my Instagram, but yep. Twitter is my main thing. Mm-hmm. And I will post videos of myself failing at a lot of these fitness things that I'm working on. Cause mm-hmm. I'm always working towards something. And sure. the reason that I post that mm-hmm. is because there are so many people who are just beginning their journey. And when they see people who all they post is look at me in my 12 second handstand or look at me in my, you know, 68 pull-ups. Mm-hmm. They go, I'm never going to get there, but I want to post, look, I tried 17 times to do this thing mm-hmm. and 17 times I failed. Right. Mm-hmm. Now they go, Oh, now I see the bigger picture. It's Correct. not all just success. There's work that goes into it and you don't see us falling on our faces and you don't see me falling off the bar or Correct. whatever. You know, I agree. I don't, I don't think you're naive at all. I think they're attacking a market that exists and the majority of the people are going to gravitate to that BS. So I don't think you're naive at all. I think they're, they're, they're attacking a market that truly exists because the majority are going to gravitate to it. And I think the few that really get it have to spread the knowledge and wealth like they're spreading to say, hey, it's okay to fail. It's yeah. okay. It's not real. Yeah. Because I think they're attacking a market that exists, in my opinion. I hate to say it like that. Well, I mean, they, there, there's certainly it's markets true. for everything, right? I, know. I mean, I know. there is. That's you why know? there's restaurants that are, you know, $5 for a sandwich and $35 right. for a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And, right. and we can go between them as we see fit. Absolutely. Right? But when I talk to brands about, you know, a brand says, oh, well, you know, will you, whatever, we talk about representing their sure. brand. I'm very, very clear. And I say, here's the thing I'm not 25, I'm not a supermodel. Um, I'm not going to make myself up mm-hmm. and then, you know, like look like these Instagrammer influencers do. Sure. Mm-hmm. The stuff I post is me in the gym with my hair in a ponytail. And if that's okay and that resonates with your market, let's do it. But I'm not, I'm, I am who I am. You're not going to change be who for I somebody am. else. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. will I put on mascara? Yeah, I look better with mascara. Maybe I'll throw that on. Sure. But if you look at my videos on Twitter... They're all gym, greasy hair, mm-hmm. sports yeah, bra like real. videos. They're real. Right? They're real. It's real. It's very real, real which is know? why I think the people that resonate that I resonate with are attracted to me. Mm-hmm. Same as the people who someone else resonates with are attracted to them for whatever reason. Same right. as why people are attracted to you as a firm versus another firm. There's a thousand firms in the Naked City, but sure. you're yeah. your own 
thing. Correct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Makes you unique. Amazing. Sure. Yeah. You know, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, it was we could, a great uh, conversation. We can go on for hours. I know. I you know, this is totally. so much fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it also. Mm-hmm. Um, Where's the best uh, place for people to reach out to you? Is that your website? Is that, um, you know, via email? Anything that I can put, you know, when we're putting this out there of, you know, what's the best way to contact Monica? You know, is there a preference for you? So for me, there's no preference, but I know that some people are not on Twitter, which right. is my biggest presence. Okay. Uh, so I'm at Monica Ricky on Twitter if okay. they are, but my website is a great place. I have a contact cool. form there. It's Monica Ricky.net. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. We really appreciate so you, uh, you joining us. I enjoyed it. Thanks yes. guys. Thank Rock you. and roll.